Do you have a great idea, but don't know where to start in creating it? Have you started an idea, but don't know what direction you need to take it in? Karma Comics and our team of creatives can help you take your creation from a simple idea to a masterpiece. Visit www.karmacomics.org and schedule an idea consultation. Let us foster your idea, empower your creativity, and manifest your legacy. Hello? Hello? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Good to hear from you. Uh, you've been ducking me like I owe you something, or you owe me something. Why would you duck me if I owed you something? Anyway, you've been ducking me like you owe me something. And, and newsflash, you don't. You don't owe me anything. At least the last time I I'm checked. Why are you always blaming things on me? Because uh, that's kind of technically my job. I'm not sure if you got the, the memo, but my job is to literally blame you for all the problems that I have, that my girlfriend has, that the world has. Um, and you, you kind of technically signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe in your broad, broad uh, shoulders, delicate hands, but broad shoulders. That's that's your slogan, right? Your slogan. I mean, yeah, you're right. I am kind of like Superman. I didn't say... <laughs> oh, coming in hot. All right. Ooh, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> I'm stretching right now. This is going to be really good. It's been a while since we talked, so... You know, uh, partially my fault, but mostly, again, yours. Um, so, um, how you been? What's up? Been good, man. Um... Just preparing to uh, open the bar at the restaurant. Jack's been playing. Jackson, well, I don't want to say Jackson playing football. Jackson attending football games <laughs> in uniform. <laughs> He'll get on the field. I, I believe in Jack. I believe in Jack. He has some of my DNA, some of your DNA. Um, <laughs> oh, he gets, he gets on the field. Oh, oh, oh. But then he immediately gets back off the field. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And then sometimes when he, sometimes when he's on the field, he decides that whatever's going on on the field isn't interesting enough, and he needs a drink. So this he just walks off the field. I, I really, I truly, in my heart, feel like Jack is an artist. Okay. Because I had to realize, I had to lean into my artistic self to realize that I'm not an all-star quarterback. Okay. I'm not an all-star lacrosse player. Okay. I am. An artist. I'm a creative. I'm, uh, I don't know, a g- genius for all intents and purposes. Um, and I had to really lean into that. And and Jack is probably a genius. And he genius. he doesn't understand why this this my father would put me in such a, 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 a garish and uh, and intense and just unnecessary sport. That's probably why he's not interested because he's just so far advanced, and he's just wondering why his dad is forcing. Yes, oh. there isn't anything more want- than necessary in sports. I didn't realize but, you were one of those. What? I'm I'm an athlete. First off, secondly, I know how running necessary- track is not being an athlete. Excuse me. What did you just say? <laughs> I said running track's not athletic. I, I I do not run track, sir. I was an all star. You player. have the body of a cross country runner. I do not. When was the last time you see me? I'm like Jack. I'm a. I'm pretty much. The wind would just blow, just blow you away. <laughs> not even, man. I can move your house a couple centimeters if I wanted to. Like that's how buff mm-hmm. I am right now. Like I am the buffest I've ever been. I'm huge. You can't. But remember, you can't surprise my house with trickery. You always talk about my movements like I'm some sort of like uh, crafty wizard, like Loki or something. You always describe <laughs> my movements as some sort of like like tiny. You always make it seem like everything I do is tiny and mischievous. Like I don't like that. More, more like a like a dancing singing. Right. <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> I do have sprite-like movements. Um, so let's get to the news, man. Um, first things first, DMX. Um, oh yeah. 
that's a that's kind of a big deal not for me but apparently for everybody else um that is incredibly sad dmx growing up for me was like the rapper like if i had to say if there was a rapper of my age it was definitely dmx because you know 50 cent came out but i was a little too old i didn't really you know i didn't care you know eminem came out um he's still a big deal to me now but dmx was the rapper of our household like he was from new york we we were just like whoa like he's so gully and you know what i mean like he was just aggressive you know and we loved it it was just it was different so he he does have a huge impact on on me and my household but um is he a rap legend huh is he a rap legend i mean i think you i think you're gonna have to say yeah okay um i'm not gonna say that he's like i would say i mean is he outcast is he eminem is he biggie is he tupac is he um, no, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's revolutionary, right? He didn't move okay. the needle. Okay. But by popularity and like being kind of the voice of a generation, I mean, like he was kind of you know like all of his music was in you know all those like action movies sure. in the oh, late nineties. Sure. He was in the action movies too, you know. He was in the action yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. He uh, transcended like rap, you know, and and I think his legacy is huge, but. There's also things people tend to ignore when people die, and that's like the reality of their personal situations. Um, right. I mean, man had a lot of demons, but I, 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 you know, in the scheme of things, if you're just if you're just looking at a body of work and not what the person was on the outside of the uh, on the outside of that body of work, then I mean, obviously, I think you have to say that that he is a hip hop legend. I mean, well, no, I'm not even saying hip hop. Look, you got me uh, stupid down to your level. I said rap. Um, you rap, said rap, rap, I said rap, 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 um, so, I mean, here's, here's the deal, so, between the both of us, we've probably listened to every rapper, <laughs> and I'm not saying that, like, in a braggadocious way, but, you know, we both listen to the same rap, and we also listen to different kinds of rap, right? Um, right. If I had to, if DMX were still alive right now, um, of course, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But also, if we were to compose um, a list of, say, 10 rappers that, um, but 10 rappers in maybe three categories, maybe a lot of those rappers would mix those categories. If I had to say the most transcending rapper, the most popular rapper in like a certain time period, and say the best rapper, like the best lyricist, would DMX hit any of those lists? Um, probably not. Okay, I just need to hear that. I my condolences go out to you know. Um, is it Dark Man X or Dog Man X? Uh, you know that's a really good. I don't actually know that. Oh, I know it's one of those. It's either Dark Man X, Dog Man X, Damien, um, Damien, whatever the last name is, and X, but X you know represents the unknown. Um, like, un- un- unfortunately for me, like DMX fell from 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 my little music listening. Mm-hmm. DMX fell in a period of time where I wasn't listening. Like DMX, Lil Kim, like uh, that kind of like the Rough Riders era kind mm-hmm. of thing was fell in a time when like as I as you know um, I would love to go back and talk to you know. Steven around this era and tell him not to listen to these things. And to get rid of that um, mullet. That's... What are you doing with the mullet, Steven? <laughs> Cut it. Cut that mullet. This is, you know, this is, a, this is a time when I was, you know, like real heavy into like uh, new metal and I was listening to that kind Ooh. of garbage. Garbage? Okay. Wow. Let, let this get his garbage. Oh, Let's is not that new metal? God, that's not new metal. Yeah. That's, um... That's its own. That's, that's like, new metal. No, that's, that's ridiculous ska. That's like rap ska. Out of here. No, no, Limp Biscuit, Trapped, Taproot, that's all new metal. New metal. You you cannot associate a name to something and then say that that's it. That's no. Corn, that's all new metal. Corn is new metal. That's what I got excited about. Limp Biscuit is not even close to corn, they're not even the same genre. I mean, you're kidding me, right? They're, they're considered new, new metal, metal, yeah. New metal is corn, 
Slipknot. Um, I would even at the lightest say Breaking Benjamin. I would say like well, I like Breaking Benjamin. Well, I'm saying that's new metal. Limp Biscuit is not new metal. That's that's there's nothing metal about him. Yeah, Limp, Limp Biscuit is one of those. I mean, new metal in general is one of those weird genres that kind of encompasses a lot of crap. Oh man, I I don't yeah, I mean, want to call it that anymore. Can we can, let's let's do an episode where we separate new metal. If you want to call Limp Biscuit new metal, let's call them that. But then let's give Corn Slip. And all those other like real metal bands that are like not heavy metal, but like light metal. If, I mean, it's a new classification because I'm not putting corn next to Limp Biscuit. I'm not doing it. Yeah, if you uh, Google Limp Biscuit, it says American New Metal Band. Oh no, <laughs> new metal. <laughs> oh no. Wow, Fred Durst. That's we're talking about the same group. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's same, nothing's same metal about that. I don't understand. Get down, I don't get it. Nothing about the nookie. Oh, no. <laughs> so you can take the cookie. <laughs> no, no. I don't want the cookie, Lynn. <laughs> I don't want the cookie. Keep it. That's disgusting. I, that, this is upsetting me. This is worse than DMX dying. <laughs> I'm really upset about this. Holy shit. Okay, let's move on, man. Let's let's just keep going. Let's because uh, I could talk about that all night. We have to do. We now we have to talk about that at some point. That's ridiculous. Um. So I have a question for you. Just just a real quick question. Uh, I'm not going to come at you with this question as I do with most questions I ask you. Um. Why did you write uh, Godzilla versus King Kong so badly? Say it again. Why did you, Stephen McRae, write Godzilla vs. King Kong so badly? And why did you enjoy the movie so much? I don't even understand those questions. Right? How are you going to preface those questions by saying you're not going to come at me? And then blame me for Godzilla vs. King Kong. Okay, okay, so let me explain. Um, there is no explanation. That movie was god-awful. It was terrible. And it's exactly what we argue about episode after episode after episode. And even uh, on an unreleased episode that I will release now. Because I was absolutely correct. And you were wrong. But I'm going to release this. Sound problems and everything. Okay, I'm going to see if I can fix it. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just release it. Whatever. Because I literally said this. I said, Stephen, do you believe that a movie like Godzilla vs. King Kong that has a very specific audience, that has a very specific want from the audience, okay, they just want to see King Kong fight Godzilla. They don't really care about the story and stuff, but do you think they should have a good story? And you said, "Mm, yes and no. I was like, why? You said, no, because, you know, I don't like movies and I don't want there to be a good movie. And then... That's not what I said. (laughs) I don't want there to be good movies, is what you said. And then... You said yes because, you know, to, in order to get to the, the scenes that people come for, there has to be a connection or like a, a weave that's wo- woven throughout the entire movie that makes them fighting make sense. And I agreed with you there. But this movie, and I'm going to allow you to, you know, I guess defend yourself if, if there's any way you can. Um, this movie spit in our face like it literally got us involved and then like shat on us <laughs> Un- unwilling we didn't want it. we didn't want to be shot on. <laughs> like it was non-consensual and I'm, i don't appreciate you having written this movie can you tell us why you did it i told you from the beginning that this movie wasn't gonna be written well you said that you're correct but my question because is why this movie this movie was made for people who want to see those two big creatures fight. But even the fight was a poor excuse of the two strongest, I guess, creatures on this this earth, this iteration of Earth, going at it. It was it was not sufficient. Do you think it was sufficient? Do you think the Godzilla and King Kong fights were any good? Why? Because you're mad that King Kong lost. What makes you think I'm a King Kong fan? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's why somebody would be mad about those fights, in my opinion. It King was. Kong it was, was very. Down. No, it was very 
Godzilla biased. Um, if I can, the, whoever made the movie or choreographed the fight scenes, they were they are a Godzilla fan, and it showed. I mean, they are. You, know you can't I mean? be called the king of monsters and not be able to beat one of the. He's monsters, only the king of monsters because so. he hadn't encountered Kong. So. You can be the king of whatever you want to be the king of until you find somebody that is capable of dethroning you. He didn't encounter Kong because Kong was just hiding out on his island. Kong wasn't hiding from anybody. Kong was chilling where he was at. He was not hiding. Kong was Kong was protecting his people until he couldn't, I I guess, protect them anymore. (laughs) It's stupid. That's my point. Kong stayed allowed to protect the people that ended up dying (laughs) anyway from something. I don't know. Um, he, he didn't have if you went in, if you went into that movie thinking you were gonna have some existential experience and it was gonna sweep every award category in the Oscars and it was gonna change cinema for cinema history for for the next millennia, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not my fault. That's not my fault. That's not my you fault. You put way too much expectations. I in refuse it. to take responsibility for having expectations, high expectations, that a film that spent a hundred plus Your million dollars. For that go- Listen to me. They spent a hundred plus million. I don't even know. Maybe two hundred million dollars to make this movie. Okay. And made all kinds of money. Right, and that, I know that's your level. That's your base for success is how much money it makes. You don't care about plot and story and no, how good studio, it is. Just, that's what the I studio cares that. about. No, no, because you're part of the studio. That's why I asked you specifically, Stephen McRae, why did you write this movie and why did you make it bad? I need an answer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back to yelling again. But <laughs> not, every, not everybody thinks it was bad. You who, think it's bad because it didn't who, live up did, to are you your one of the people that don't think this the movie was you bad. wanted the movie. Are you one you, of the people? If you would put your re- okay, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> Please you, continue. If you would put your if you would put your expectations in a real spot, then no. you wouldn't be upset about things. No. What do you mean a real spot? You mean a reality, like logical, like real spot, like logically, like my mine is too logical. I should went, dumb it down. I should dumb down my expectations. You should have got your ticket. Got your little tub of popcorn. <laughs> Sit in your little seat. Don't do that. I've Don't call like, my seat little. It's it's the same size for everybody and, else. And been like, yay, gorilla fight lizard, and that, and then you would have been Don't. fine. <laughs> Don't call my seat little. I don't care about anything else you said after you called my seat little. Okay, <laughs> it's the same uniform size seats for everybody. Just because you're taller than me, you do not get to call my seat little. Okay. Secondly. <laughs> Secondly, don't take the narrative I have of you going to the movies and apply it to me. Okay, like that's that's all Steven, okay? That's all Steven with the tub of popcorn kicking his feet like he's swinging his feet not touching the ground um in the theater seat um have his little Godzilla and King Kong toy like playing along with the actual fight. Like don't don't put that on me. I'm going there as a surgeon, okay? Because I am trying to Make sure that this movie holds up to the standard that all movies should at least, at a base, have. They should all have the aspirations to be good enough to win an Oscar. They should all be that way. And especially a movie about the destruction of... just You know what? No one talks about how many people could have potentially died in Hong Kong while these two mega creatures are fighting. Because I'm estimating millions. <laughs> <laughs> millions of people are dying <laughs> while these two creatures are kind of like beefing about like some ancestral like beef okay and everybody's like oh no like they they try to make us focus so much on godzilla and king kong that hong kong is literally getting decimated and nobody cares and this plays into the narrative of now right how dare this movie destroy an asian city with little regard to the Asian people that could be affected in this. Like, it, it's deeper than what you're trying to make it out to be, Stephen. Uh, most things are. Because you just, you want to go into the movies and have fun. It was a fun movie. It was fun, but a lot of Asian people died. Yeah, that's what movies are, that's what movies are for. That's not what movies are for. Movies are for uh, movies analysis. They're for um, analysis and no, accolades. Some, some movies are for that. No, all of them are. Yes. Because no. if, 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 if it were just, if they didn't want to make a movie about that had any substance because they made a movie that didn't have any substance make it silent 
Don't have anybody say anything. Make the, the, the best actor was a little girl who was doing sign language. Okay? Because <laughs> he didn't... You, you're arguing to make it, make, make, it, make it silent to have no substance, but you were also arguing for your, for your grand Superman... DC Comics epic for so none of the heroes that talk in it. Nobody's That's watching not, your movie, man. No, everyone's watching my movie, and let me tell you why. Well, because it's authentic. Not a single person. Every single person it's in the authentic. world. No, if <laughs> every person in the world. Not, let me just let me just be clear. When I say every person, I mean the lost tribes of the Amazon will see my Superman movie, and let me tell you why. Because it's authentic. And they'll be confused and terrified. It's an, be, <laughs> like, is this happening around us? <laughs> Is this real? Like, uh, but anyway, regardless, they're gonna watch my movie and they're gonna love it because it's authentic, and not only authentic, it's connected to the source material with a little bit of uh, creative license and enough for people to get attached to not only the characters involved but also want to see what happens next. That's what you go to movies for. Yeah, you're right. We've already established that you have bad taste in movies. Stop. What's next? My taste in movies has nothing to do with this. I'm talking about your taste in movies. Ah, okay? My, my taste, taste movies in movies is, are is fine. Normal. Your taste in movies are... You're, you're, like, you're so blissfully oblivious to how bad the movies you enjoy are. Okay? That no, I'm not. You, you are. Because if you can no, say not. that this movie was exactly what it was supposed to be... Then you just handed them. You might as well just empty out your bank account. Go over to Warner Brothers and say, "Here, I just I love what you're doing. Just take my money. I don't even need to see the movie. Uh, take my money, please. Thank you. And you know we don't need to eat ever again. I have enough popcorn to get me through. You know the end of time. Fuck you, Stephen. <laughs> but that's that's why you that's why you rate movies on a spectrum. They're, I do. Every I do different. rate movies on a spectrum. No, I you do. don't. You're I do. you're either as bad or as good. That's not true. I'm not black and white, that and that's racist true. that you would even suggest that I'm black and white. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> I am gray, and let me tell you how. I just want to point out that once again, yes, it was not the white guy who brought up race. Uh, no, no, I, I, I always bring it. <laughs> I'm not shy about that. <laughs> what else do I have? I mean, Jesus, um, give me that at least. Let me at least be able to bring it race whenever I want to. Um, let me just say this, and then we can we can go on to the next topic. Um, Nerds are a monolith, my friend. They are not. They um, are because anybody's a nerd now. My, we are all the same pasty color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Are, I'm pale black. You're pale white. <laughs> I know a few pale browns and pale yellows. Um, I've been three uh, hours right. in the sun today, and I'm good for the week. Okay, <laughs> back to the cave, right? No, okay. So, okay, let me just say this about Godzilla, just real quick. Okay, what doesn't make sense about it is, um, and and I'll just leave you with this. Okay, what doesn't make sense is that the Millie Bobby Brown part, I'm not sure if you know who that is, she's a little girl that was with the black dude, that was oddly holding her hand in some scenes, um, and the the large Australia, the New Zealand, the kid from New Zealand. Um, right, kid from Deadpool 2. Right, they had absolutely no purpose whatsoever. 100%. Okay. Second thing is... They were only in the movie to have her in the movie. So that she can be in the movie. Right. Served no purpose. They didn't help anybody. They didn't hurt anybody. They just basically survived the whole movie with not having done anything. Okay? Right. Um, the second thing is, side question, what race was the guy who owned Apex? <laughs> you don't have to answer, don't answer. Actually, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't, don't answer that. All right. Um, here's the other thing. Okay. When they were supposed to find the source of the energy or whatever, right? How can you download an energy source? <laughs> so hold on a second. Let me get. Let me try to get through this question and try to be as scientific as I can. Um, how can a little spider robot download an ancient energy source? And send it to a computer to replicate if you don't have the energy source itself. 
if you don't have the energy, how can a robot send you the code for energy? That is, that's the first principle of energy is that you need the energy in order to create the energy because energy doesn't break down, die, or, or you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, the machine didn't transfer, they just transferred the code of the energy. Does, uh, how, why would you, you write that? To, you have to, you have to suspend disbelief in a lot of things when you when it comes to movies well, like this. They, when you, the there's thing, a difference between suspending belief and playing the audience like they're stupid. Because even the to some, but we're not all not all audience, not all moviegoers are paying attention to those things. You're paying attention to them. I pay attention to them. Because I thought there was a lot of weird plot holes in that movie and things that didn't make any sense. Mecha Kong was Mecha Kong or the Mecha Godzilla was was completely unnecessary, and most of that movie was unnecessary. Yeah, and yet you wanted. But to... it was it was it was just to watch a lizard and a gorilla fight each other. I have another question. You're gonna tell you're you're gonna tell me that the King of Monsters is that that fucking petty that he won't let the the great apes just across the ocean to do his thing? <laughs> no. He's that petty? He is petty. Godzilla's petty as shit. Now, to answer your first assumption, I am a Godzilla fan. I'm not very partial to King Kong, but after this movie, I respect King Kong a lot I know more. you're a Godzilla fan because I've seen the same, the same facial expression on Godzilla's face that you've given me multiple <laughs> times. Like, if I had dragon breath, I would be, you'd be on fire right now. Like, no, I've, I, after, yeah, of course. After he beat his ass in the ocean... And Kong was laying out on that boat. <laughs> Kong kept getting his ass beat. Was it wasn't even a fight. It wasn't even really a close fight. Because every step of the way, Kong kept getting his ass kicked. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about here. <laughs> the reason I mentioned I'm a Godzilla fan is because even as a Godzilla movie, the first one was amazing. Because it was very people-oriented. It was about the people in King Kong. I mean, I mean Godzilla was a, was an accent piece, right? Then you get into the gritty as to why he's showing up and why he's, like, handling business, right? The second Godzilla movie, The King of Monsters, that was also an okay movie. Now, it's starting to get a little worse because Millie Bobby Brown is super honky, and she doesn't, like, she impossibly escapes life-threatening situations in some weird way, right? Which, which is <laughs> infuriating, but... Um, Godzilla still, you know, he 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 was like uh, he was like the hero, right? He's fighting all these uh, weird monsters. He took on G- Ghidorah. He did a great job. I mean, it was a really good movie. It was it was somewhat composed. It was a little weird, but it was still good. Okay. Um. This this last movie just abandoned. They just completely gave up on making a movie. <laughs> he just wanted to grab some cash, man, and you threw it at him but that's that's not the point they wanted to grab some cash so they wanted to make sure that people sympathize with king kong but king kong kept getting his ass kicked a and b when they went into the center of the earth answer this question for me what did king kong find that they couldn't And going to the middle of the earth? Yes. What, about? what did King Kong do to give them access to the center of the earth? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. He led them there? He well, he just went down the same tunnel they went down. He didn't lead them anywhere. <laughs> They're the ones that kept saying that he was leading them somewhere. I don't know. He just went down the tunnel. He was lost too. Like He looked at them like, where <laughs> the fuck? Why am I here? Like... <laughs> I keep getting my ass kicked by this giant lizard. Why am I here, though? Like, is the lizard here? Because I would, I don't want to be here if the lizard's here. Because it keeps kicking my ass. Wh- why am I here? This is scary. The gravity's going upside down. I don't know what the fuck is going on. There's mountains above my head, mountains below me. I'm terrified, okay? You lied to me. You said my family was here. <laughs> you little sign language bitch. You said my family was down here. All I found was Godzilla scales. Uh, made with some axes, okay? That I took up there. I, they made axes out of Godzilla scales. I went up there. I guess Godzilla shot through the center of the Earth, which didn't cause a reaction that destroyed the planet. Um, 
King Kong, I think, climb through that? Because that would take a really long time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know how long it would take anything to climb through the center of the earth? Um, and then end up in Hong Kong? That's the most simplistic way to say that the center of the earth is through one part and through China? Like, come on, are we children? <laughs> have you ever tried yeah. to dig in your backyard to get to China, Stephen? I know you have. I know you have. That's why you're working so hard to save up money so you can dig to China. Because you're a communist. Yeah, why not? So, because you're a commie. So, let's move subjects. Speaking of race, um, did you see the video of the um, the Latin and black man who was pulled over by the police for a traffic violation? This gentleman was then pepper sprayed. Guns drawn oh, yeah, yeah. on this guy, right? Guns drawn li- for a I, traffic I, violation. I literally just watched this video, or the two videos that are associated with this, yeah. Isn't that just... That's something else. Like, that's actually quite terrifying. Um, the, the the part that... The, the, I think the, the thing that... There's a couple of things... I mean, the whole thing's fucked up, but, but right. the whole... There's a couple of things that stood out to me a lot. Um, him telling the officers that he was scared mm-hmm. and that if they wanted him to unbuckle his seatbelt, that they needed to do it because he wasn't going to put down his hands. Mm-hmm. And then they're continuing to yell at him. Um, that douchebag police officer that was that that said that um, he ought to be scared. <laughs> get get ready to ride the lightning, boy. That was mm-hmm. infuriating. Yeah. And then to watch them treat a man in a military uniform with those, you know, gold bars on his collar mm-hmm. in that manner was just unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to watch because it's it's so easy for me to speculate. It's it's so easy for me to speculate that it happened because he was black, right? It's so easy to say that. And what I wanted to do when I created this uh, podcast and what I want to do in, in my life is to show people or to tell people that when racism is truly healed in this country, it's not going to matter that I'm black. When, I, when racism is truly healed in this country, it's not going to matter that you're white. What's going to matter is that we all follow the letter of the law, every single one of us. And when we don't, we all are treated the same way under equal protections on the law and equal consequence on the law. That's the only thing that matters to me. That's that's my um, brand of curing racism is that at least the law, <laughs> at least on, the, on the, the basis of just what's legal and what's not, that we all be treated the same way. If that is protocol for a police officer to threaten someone by drawing their weapon, and then secondly, say that the person in the car should be scared when their job is to serve and protect, to pepper spray this person because he refuses to get out of his car because he does not feel safe because of the same perpetuating circumstance that has your gun drawn on him, (laughs) I mean... And for you to drag him out of the car, this man in uniform, like you said, if that's the way you treat everybody, then I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If that's the protocol for the police, it's disgusting. It's terrifying. It's terrible. But if that's how you treat everybody, then damn, I got to make sure my license is, you know, up to date and <laughs> I'm not breaking any laws because that's terrifying. But to treat... But yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. They, you know for a fact that he doesn't treat everybody that way. <laughs> And that's what bothers me. That's the disgusting part. And the like the other parts, the other parts that got that, that were that were like got to me were like you had one guy yelling, um, "Put your hands out, let mm. me see your hands," and then you had the other guy yelling, "Get out of the car!" Get out of the car. <laughs> both with their guns drawn on him. Yeah. And then the and, and the second video after they were done with him. The officer that had come to the scene and like calmed everything down and was like, there was like a paramedic there that was helping like clear his face of the uh, of the pepper spray, mm-hmm. and they were like, we know, you know, we know why you reacted the way you did because of the whole BLM movement thing. 
but you know, also understand why our officers reacted the way they did because because they were also scared. So it's like it's like saying it's, like it's saying, victim well, blaming. It's it's blaming the woman who was sexually you, assaulted for being drunk. <laughs> right. It, 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 what? Yeah. It's like hey. You shouldn't address that way. You should be okay with the way our officers just treated you because they didn't know if you were good black or bad black. Exactly. Exactly. That's 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 uh, profoundly disgusting. Like what you just said is both profound and terrifying. I mean, I look back at, at growing up, and I was always associated with being one of the good black guys. I remember this guy at a country club I worked at said that I, had a, I, I was going to be successful because I had a really good accent. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But another um, black dude I worked for at the country club was infuriated. He was so upset. And he said, you know, like what he was trying to say was that you don't sound like the normal black dude. Or you don't act like the normal black dude, so therefore I'm going to be successful. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. I, I didn't even associate that. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because my mind just doesn't work that way. It does now in overdrive. I'm making up for lost time here. <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm like <laughs> hypersensitive to like anything racial that I even bring up. You know what I mean? I could bring it up. Somebody else says something about it. I'm like all over this. <laughs> so, um, my point is with that is what you said is so profound in a sense that what what why i think that the country at this stage can't unify is because you have that mediating third party that comes in and says the police that had their gun drawn on you that was given an order to you for a traffic stop to which he did not have to exit his car for okay what they stopped him for was not displaying his back license now his back license was in was taped into the window, which is perfectly legal. So they stopped him for no reason. They didn't tell him why their guns were drawn or why he needed to exit the vehicle. He's asking, "Why do I need to exit the vehicle?" They said, "Because of a traffic violation." He goes, Be- "A traffic violation? I do not have to exit my vehicle for a traffic violation." And then they said, "Now you're resisting a detainment. You need to exit your vehicle." He goes, "I'm not resisting detainment because." The, the base charge does not permit me to get out of the car in the first place. So right. now they're circumventing the law to exercise obedience. They're telling him to obey. They said it like maybe three or four times. They kept telling him to obey them. And now they're, they're seeking obedience, but they're not seeking obedience on the, on the accord of the law. And that's terrifying to me. That's super, super scary. When somebody's ego is in the police suit and not the law, the person who's supposed to exercise the law, that's scary as shit. Because now I'm at the whim of somebody else's uh, insecurities and, and need for control and on all these other psychological and personal, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies and not the law. That's why. That's why this whole that whole tape is just like. Not surprising, but it is also like, how how many more of these tapes do we need to see before we start to talk about you know some sort of reform? You know what I mean? Like how many how many tapes do we have to see? How many you know people of color have to be harmed or killed before we can get a consensus that the system ain't working right? It's not working for us all. It's working right for some, but it's not working for everybody. And it's like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just really sucks. It it does. And 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 what uh, one of the things that really, really, really aggravates me is that you know I thought I thought maybe things were going to change a little bit in the narrative when it when when the um, the George Floyd event happened. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it started to, and then they made sure, they made sure that everybody knew what crimes he had committed in the past. And that's always, that's always what they do, right? 100%. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, right? It like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this guy committed armed robbery in the past. It doesn't matter if this guy, um, did whatever, right? What he did... 
a year ago, a month ago, two days ago. It's 15 minutes it's before you were stopped sentence. by the police. <laughs> it's not a death sentence for the moment. Right. Right. And I don't understand how, how I can, I mean, I don't understand how I could share a humanity with people who don't understand that. Um, well, you do every day. <laughs> you work with them. They deliver your mail. They hand out your food when you go to eat. They, they're, they're mm-hmm. amongst us. And the, the thing about it, man, it's, it's you. And I believe this with my whole heart. I believe that there is those people are, are never going to be comfortable here. They're never going to want unity here because they feel entitled to everything that this place has to offer exclusively. And this is just from the, the inception of this country. The inception of this country has never been an inclusive, all-inclusive um, uh, country through practice. Ideology, yeah. I mean, all men are created equal. I mean, we stand on that. These principles that that the um, um, that the Declaration of Independence have, they have the principles in there. They they want to create a perfect union. They want to, you know, um, they want the they want unity. But while they're drafting these, you know, uh, doctrines, right? They have property, human property. <laughs> the irony, the irony of it is, for a long period of time, I'm not going to say that it's been. Well, I, I can say this with with some confidence that the country has been separated longer than it's been unified. Quote, quote. So the norm, just by sheer math, is that. The people of this country are more accustomed to it being separated than they are it being integrated and unified. So this whole right. idea of unity is something that we have never accomplished. Ever. Because there's a faction of people in this country that since the inception of this country have never wanted to be unified. Now, Right, which is, which is exactly how you can have somebody uh, perpetuate the nonsensical bullshit that he perpetuated in Donald Trump. And people buy into it 100%. because he had, he was convincing people that these um, marauding gangs that are roaming around black neighborhoods mm-hmm. were going to come into the suburbs and and uh, destroy their white sensibilities. Right. Like and the, like the, the 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 amount of out of touch that people like. When's the last time you drove through one of these communities? Are, like, yeah. do people really think that there's just like fucking marauding gang members roaming the streets. You had the former president of the United States Chances call Baltimore are, a shithole. <laughs> he called a hole. You drive through Compton or Baltimore and you won't even know if you've seen a gang member or not. Facts. Let me just tell you a quick story. And this is actually when this is when I knew you. So I was driving to Townsend and I had to go through Baltimore. I was driving through Baltimore. I was driving a little um, blue um, hatchback. And I look over and I see this this huge flash mural. M- mural? Yeah, mural. That was drawn in like um, it was like vectored and soft-celled. Right? So it was really cool. So I pull over. I'm playing a job for a cowboy. So it's like heavy screamo like rock. Right? Heavy, heavy metal. So I park my car. Metal's still going. I get out of the car. I look at the um, the flash mural and I, I go to take a picture of it. Well, I see like six black dudes like walking, and I hear one of them say, "What the fuck is that? Like, what music is that?" And they start walking over, and I said, "Nope, I didn't take the picture. I got in the car and I sped off." <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm sharing that story because. I think everybody should go into the neighborhoods. Now, I've since then I've been to Baltimore a, a tremendous number of times, and I know that it's not only one of the best cities in the United States. It's just it's super super fun place to be. Um, and I didn't fear for my safety or anything. But implicit bias is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Okay, implicit bias is seeing six black dudes together walking down the street. And what, what's your first feeling? What's your first reaction? Now, I will, I'm not going to ask you because I know you're going to be like, I wouldn't see a problem with that at all. 
<laughs> I love all my people. Like, shut up, Steven. Um, I know what you would say. I know exactly what you would say. Uh, those true. are just my I brothers mean, like, and sisters. Like, get the fuck out of here. Right. Like, uh, I, I, I helped, uh, I helped, uh, uh, consult for this restaurant in the Shaw neighborhood, which is a very, very, uh, predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, fucking, I, 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 I felt like I fit in great there. <laughs> of course you did. You know, I walked down the street, dabbing up my guys, you know. <laughs> you start breakdancing and they all start clapping and beatboxing for you. Get the fuck out of here, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was like there's a, there's like classic you know breakdown uh, my time there when you know this black guy taught me how to dance. It was great. <laughs> it's, it's called Lion Two Electric Bo- you, Lion Two Electric Boogaloo. You fucking liar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking, anyway, um, yeah. So what I'm saying is like what what the point of all this is is that. Um, Run, run me through what happens if there is a non-guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. <laughs> All this culminates um, to that. Uh, whew, it, all hell's going to break loose. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you and think he's should. guilty or not guilty? Oh, he's so guilty. Guilty I of mean, what? Even, even, his cop, even his cop friends are saying that he's guilty of being a... He's guilty of killing a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't. I'm not inside the man's head. I'm not going to say that it was premeditated. I'm not going to say that it wasn't premeditated. Um, but when you have both of your knees, one on someone's neck, one on someone's back, and your feet are not touching the ground, you're not trying to restrain. You're trying to hurt someone. Mm. Yeah. Here's a question for you, though. So if I were choking you, and let's say I were choking you because you had something in your hand that I wanted to get out of it. Okay. If I were choking you and through the commission of choking, you telling me that you can't breathe and you're like struggling to uh, gain composure and breath, um, you result and it results in you dying from me choking you with my hands. Um, what's the line between accidental manslaughter and premeditation? Is that a legal question that I need to ask somebody? Because if someone's uh, well, telling I mean, they can't I, breathe... From my, from my understanding would be is um, in that situation is if you were choking me to get something away from me mm-hmm. and I die in, mm-hmm. in, in the process, that's premeditation. Okay. Okay, I just want to make sure because I see the charges and me being pretty savvy with the law, I uh, I think I understand and don't understand at the same time. Um, when you're choking someone, they lose air. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just science. I think 101, maybe second course. But when you choke someone, they lose air. If the person is saying, I cannot breathe, then I guess one could assume that they're making it up because they're able to say I cannot breathe but from the video you can see that he goes silent (laughs) and then what the the worst part about it because I've seen the video a lot of times the worst part is that they kept people away from administering first aid for him or trying to aid him at all well that's what the the doctor said right that's premeditation though like not premeditation but that's that's um Failure to act in a commission of a crime. Like those are those are right. like the charges that that aren't sticking to this dude or that aren't being presented here are more worrisome than the charges that are. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean it sets a really dis- like, terrible precedent. It allows people that where where was this guy stopped? The video we were talking about just a minute ago. Where was that? Oklahoma. Um, I think it was in Texas. Was it in Texas? Oh, I think it was in Texas. I don't want to. But that why uh, I don't well, remember. Right, right. Well, that that sets a really weird precedent, um, because if there are people in the police force that are trying to um, exact any type of racial justice that they they deem necessary or deem you know righteous, um, they can start mitigating charges. I, I think that 
that Derek Chauvin should have been hit with every single thing so that every single cop knows that even the, the stuff that you wouldn't even assume to be associated with this type of crime is going to be applied if you do some stupid shit like sit on somebody's neck for nine minutes. You know what right. I mean? And now that they can look at it being a second-degree murder charge and a, maybe a, a second-degree manslaughter charge and there being a third-degree murder charge and a third-degree manslaughter charge, like that, you can admit it. A good lawyer, a good defense attorney can get you out of that. I mean... The, the the burden on the prosecution to prove without a reasonable doubt that this guy intended to kill someone is hard once it's not a capital murder case. It's hard. Um, I think it's actually. I think it's, in my opinion, I think it's easier. Why? <laughs> I mean, you look you, you, right. You, uh, you just look at cases like uh, um. Ooh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a divisive one that I'm gonna throw out here. Mm-hmm. But you look at the you look at the Casey Anthony Kaylee Anthony case, right? Oh boy, <laughs> she was she wasn't convicted. She was not no, and she was she wasn't convicted because you can't prove what they were trying to charge her with. She wasn't charged with capital murder though. She was charged with willful neglect and um uh uh. I think it was something that resulted in the little girl's death. She would have gotten maybe 20, 25 years max. She got nothing. She wasn't on a capital right, murder charge. Right, but they didn't charge her with capital murder because that's they, was, they knew that they couldn't, they exactly, couldn't charge That's her what with I'm that. trying to say. So if, if they would have given Derek Chauvin... Oh, you're right. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. If it would have only been exclusively a first-degree murder charge, that would have been harder to prove than maybe mitigating some of the charges so that something can be done, right? I, I get what you're saying. Right. But what I'm saying is it emboldens people, especially police officers that have some sort of racial motive to be in police officers, to commit the crime and then be held to a lesser standard than actual just fucking murder because that's what just happened. That's what we saw in nine right. minutes. We saw a man be murdered slowly for nine mm-hmm. minutes. So if you don't hit him with at least first, second, third degree uh, willful neglect, if you don't hit him with um, you know death in the commission of a of a crime, which would be murder, um, if you don't hit him with all the the nuanced crimes that you know could potentially like maybe stick. <laughs> Then you you send a, a whistle to people who are like, oh, okay, you'll just get that. I could beat a good defense attorney could beat this. I mean, it's it's just harder to prove that he intended to kill um, George Floyd. But we can see with his knee on this guy's neck and him pleading that I can't breathe is intentional murder. That's why I asked you the first question: when when does that line go from? manslaughter and accidental homicide to this was intent like i mean at a certain point after like i would say maybe three minutes <laughs> maybe this guy is trying to kill i me. think for me the line was crossed when you know say he, say he was resisting arrest right mm-hmm. the moment that he stops resisting the moment that he isn't moving Mm-hmm. The moment that he is trying to actively get away, the moment that he is still, that's when you don't have to apply force, right? Mm. I, because he's assume. not resisting yes. any longer. Mm-hmm. So that's the moment that that line was crossed. Um, it's all really rough. I I think that I think he gets stick. He gets stuck with the lesser the lesser of all charges and. I think the inevitable happens that this man gets time served and um, he ends up walking out of the court. Uh, he, he walks out of prison in six months. I mean, part of part of me feels that way, but mm-hmm. uh, part of me, is, part, but but just based on what I've seen of the trial uh, thus far um, and the judge that's presiding over, um, I have a small hope. Um, well, judge got very little to do with it, Stephen. It's the jury. The judge can overrule whatever the jury says. Not no, in very very limited circumstances. He can't just say, "Oh yeah, you know, screw you guys." Like, like I, you, I don't believe in your decision now. If the if he feels like if he uh, if he feels that the, if he if he feels that the the jurors came to uh, an improperly decided decision, he could remove that decision. See, you can't say improper. It would be a hastily made decision. If he felt like they made a decision too quickly, 
but not the decision they make. You're right. He can overturn their decision, but that opens up a litany of other things that the defense attorneys can do that would end up being detrimental to the case. If the jury says, yes, this person committed this crime and they give him a charge to it, the the judge is more apt to just let it go because now the appeals courts have to take the judge's decision into account other than the jury's decision. That makes it so much right. harder for the prosecution to reestablish their argument because the judge now has to litigate why he overturned the decision. Now, if he if he goes and starts to talk about um, the evidence of the case, they have to retry. They have to retry. They, he, he will win his appeal. He will win his appeal because now they're taking the judge's word over the judge is taking his word over the 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 jury's word. So now it's going to be tried again, and it's going to it's it, it starts getting hairier in those situations. It gets harder to keep litigating the same case. Trying to hope that the jury comes to the same conclusion. Trying to make sure that like the defense attorneys don't try to aim for like lesser charges. Because it starts getting harder for a prosecutor to prosecute the case with the charges from the original case. So the defense attorney knowing that will say, okay, well, the first jury said this. They said that he was charged with um, third degree manslaughter. So if we plead to third degree manslaughter and only give him five years with three years served, he'll ser- he'll serve two. The max you would have been able to get was ten. So, you know... Do you want to go through this trial again, or do you want to take this deal I'm offering you right now? And the prosecutor, not wanting to go through the public spectacle that it is now, would probably yield. So I would think the judge I, stepping I in would be, I would be a detriment. I doubt any pleas happen. Why? Since, because the trial started is too deep into it. No, no, I'm saying if, if the judge overturns the jury's decision, if he doesn't find it a, a sufficient punishment to... The crime that was committed, then it gets a lot hairier for the judge to overturn the jury's decision. So I think it's going to be a one-shot trial. I don't think anyone's going to make this complicated. I'm just worried that because of the charges and because he has already done a not a, not so much a substantial amount of time, but because he was an officer, he I'm not sure what his what his standing was as an officer if it was a good one or a bad one. But all these things play into account and. We haven't really seen much justice in history, Stephen. Uh, and I say we, I mean black people. I completely, I completely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, with that being Something's said, something's got to happen eventually, though, right? Uh, no. <laughs> what do you mean by what standard? What what proof do we have that something has to happen eventually? We're saying it's got to. I mean, it has to. Well, like the law of nature, like you know, if you keep losing, eventually you'll win. Like eventually, <laughs> no. Is that what you're saying? I mean, something's got to give eventually. You know, that's got to. We can't like somebody's got to. Some somebody has to be the one that says, "Well, I'm not going to let this shit happen. I'm not going to. This is not happening on my watch." Mm. You know, there's got to be there's got to be a juror in there that's like, "No, fuck this. Like, mm. it doesn't matter what's going on. This right. man, this motherfucker's going to prison." Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Well, I wish more people were like you, and I say that with all seriousness. Um, you, you are, and always have been since I've known you, a very um, harmonious But this is also guy. why they never let me on jury. Absolutely, because you would do the right thing. <laughs> I don't think they want that to happen, Steve, and that's my point. They don't want people to do the right things, okay? They don't want somebody who's going to use common sense and logic and goodness to make a calculated and, you know, righteous decision. They don't want someone to do that. That's why the the defense, I think, picks the jury, correct? Because they're like, I think this person, he looks like uh, he stormed the Capitol. Let's put him on the jury. Uh, She looks like she's women for Trump. Let's put her on the, you know what I mean? Because when they have people like that, the people that I was saying who never want to be unified in this country, they don't see race the same way we see race you and i they don't see justice the same way you and i see it they don't see like unity the same way you and i see it right they say unity they see unity as you over there with all the resources we're willing to give you and we over here with more resources than you you know because we you know are the forefathers of this country what (laughs) anyway Um, I'm gonna leave it there. But we're gonna have we're gonna have that, and then we're gonna tell you that. Well, you, all you have to do is work hard. Right. I mean, it doesn't, well, it doesn't matter. See, that is that's what bothers me the most. 
I know some conservatives that are black. And what bothers me, and the unifying thing between all the conservatives that I know that are black, they're saying, well, I work hard, so everybody can work hard. That's not the case. That's not the truth. That's not true. Okay? Right. Very little people take advantage of the system. Very, very small number of people take advantage of the system. If you want to talk about the system as a whole and who really takes advantage of it, look at your millionaires and billionaires. Okay? Don't look at the person who is... You know, trying to get as much as they can from a system that that honestly wants to give them just enough <laughs> to survive, and no more than that. Don't look at that person. Right, but like, that's a, that's a super interesting point, right? Like, mm-hmm. like nobody seems to have a problem on the conservative scope of things when uh, a millionaire or a billionaire mm-hmm. takes all of these loopholes and doesn't pay taxes and doesn't do this and that. Mm-hmm. But they have a weird problem when somebody, you know, maybe fucking plays the system a little bit and gets a little bit more food stamps than they deserve. Well, it's not even like playing the system, right? It's like if I'm able to, if I'm not able to, then why is it, why is it that I am able to, right? The system right. needs to work in a way where if it's not allowed, it shouldn't be able to happen, right? <laughs> and <laughs> so why would you why would you chastise chasten me about getting an extra you know uh, seventy five dollars in uh, in WEC right um, when this billionaire just only paid seven hundred fifty dollars in taxes his contribution to the United States as a whole is seven hundred and fifty dollars his his contribution to the functions of this entire country is seven hundred and fifty dollars right. you know what I'm saying. And and he has he has that times like nine hundred and forty two percent of that right, but I get chastened for taking seventy five dollars extra WEC like, food stamps. It's super aggravating to me. Yeah, to hear some people talk about um, people who were displ- displaced because of COVID for work, and talk about well you know well you know. I'm a business that's about to re- I'm about to reopen, and I can't get anybody to come work for me because they're too lazy sucking at the government's teeth. Yeah, because you like, don't well, offer a minimum wage that's like a you know, livable wage, you douche. Like I'm not going to support right. fee for so, like, seven twenty five. Look out of here. Yeah, they're gonna, people are going to go back to work to make that little bit of money, or they're going to get their eight hundred dollars a week right. from Uncle Sam. You know, and like I'm thinking about it, like, like you know, maybe it's not that those folks are lazy. Those people, those people will be happy to go back to work mm-hmm. if they were making money. But maybe it's because Americans just need a fucking break. Yeah, because there's Americans by and large are so overworked compared to the rest of the world. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. I totally agree with that because, you know, I think the average work week in most countries is 22 hours. We work double that. Um, and and yeah. as a restaurant manager, you know, I know that 40 hours a week would be legendary in a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, that would be the job you don't give up if you're in a restaurant industry making salary, working 40 hours a week. The minimum right. is 55. The, the, the least I've ever worked in a restaurant has been 55 hours. <laughs> The most has been 92, okay? <laughs> 92 hours. All the, while, all the while in Spain, there's... They're taking naps. They take naps in the middle of the day. The whole country takes a nap. He's working 22 hours a week, supports his entire family, and gets to have weekends and vacations. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's how you stay number one, America. That's how you stay number yeah. one. You stay number one by overworking your people and making it easy for them to get guns so they can shoot up the business when they're done working there. That's how you stay number one. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, right, that's, I think that's that's what that's what America ranks number one in. Um, those are the categories, right? It's uh, right. <laughs> gun violence, what, what violence, the number uh, of racism. the number of guns per citizen, right? The number of locked up. People per capita, absolutely, and the number of uh, adult persons who believe angels are real. Facts. And what if what if what if somebody says, "Well, we just have a larger population than a lot of these places." So, I mean, the statistics 
would would show that we have more because we have more people. Mm. <laughs> I think that's just a lazy argument to be completely honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was your president. That was 45's logic. Okay, don't don't put that on me. I'm asking. I'm talking about you and your president. <laughs> me and my president. <laughs> That's your guy. He's, he actually gave yeah. me a shout-out his meeting uh, he had with the GOP donors yesterday. He said Mitch McConnell is a dumb son of a bitch, and Stephen McRae is probably going to be the next president in 2024. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stephen, Stephen McRae for president. I'd vote for you. I, mean, I don't know your politics or anything, but I've never been able to vote for somebody I know. So <laughs> that's how I vote. Um. <laughs> I, w- I would laugh. I would last a whole two minutes on the national stage because somebody would say something and I would call them a fucking idiot. <laughs> At least they and then it would be over. They cut your microphone because you start cursing them out. Um, they would they would do to me what they did to Tulsi Gabbard this primary cycle. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I can't. I hate her. I hate her so much. She's so hot though. She's absolutely gorgeous, and I know that's shallow. And I don't. All the listeners, yeah, it's shallow. Whatever. But she is a attractive piece of shit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I uh, I really appreciate your time, and um, of course, I love having these conversations with you. Um, absolutely. I think eventually you have to start paying me for it. Um, because they're paying me for it. No, no, I know it's my platform, but I think you're getting <laughs> more satisfaction from it than I am. So I think, in in essence, you should be paying me in order to have you on board, man. Um, and that's just where my head is with this. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> no, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. <laughs> Peace out, dude. All right, buddy. Till right, next time. Yeah.